You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. This is one of the most radical churches I've ever been in the world. I mean, you are radical to the, to the grassroots. And you're so passionate, you're so prayerful. I think I want to relocate here. <laughs> Praise God. You, you've, you've really been an encouragement. You've been an inspiration. Uh, your pastor was telling me last night that he didn't make an announcement for the early morning prayer, 530 CC. And some people came after us and said, Pastor, how dare you? How could you do that? We want to pray. And he said, but there's another meeting by 9 o'clock. And people still came. Was it 6 o'clock? 6 o'clock. Just praying heaven down. And you know, the Lord says to me, Tonight, he's taking us to a realm where your prayer is going to be deeper. It's going to be stronger, but it's going to be easier. Listen carefully. Some years ago, the Lord told me that spiritual warfare, can you help us take care of those babies? I know they're doing some kind of warfare, but it's okay. Spiritual warfare it's meant to be fun for God's people. It's not meant to be stressful. There is a realm, there is a stage you get to where warfare is exciting. You don't need to take sabbatical from warfare. Because you enter into rest before you begin to do those kind of warfare. And in that realm, prayer is easy. Prayer is easy. But there are spiritual technology that make difficult things easy. And that's why you can pick your phone and speak to the end of the world without stress. But when you don't have the codes, you don't have the devices, you keep struggling. You keep stressing. God is taking you to a realm tonight. Even you that have been very active in the place of prayer. You're going to see yourself just gliding over territories. And I want you to just worship the Lord this moment. Just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. La mahandese de roba hazataya bahande kere boshaya baha. Lupre kere bashanda kuto boshe kreke baha. Yuzimani kuto sopari baha. Yale hande koriba handa sutobari kanda basata. Ya plekere boshu kamba nehene kutuste boriha. Yale hende mozendere kambre kede hush. If you can pray in tongues, pray in tongues. It takes faith to pray in tongues. Pray. Speak what you do not understand. It's by faith. It takes faith to speak other tongues. Move your tongues. Let the Holy Ghost turn your life. La manako topala. 
Yaliele kotia masaya. Buriande koto boshala bahara. I am going deeper. I'm going higher. I break free. Aluhando bohoseye. Yangrokode bahana kata. La prekede bohoseye. Luzene mama mama dobo hando ba. Lobla katu anda kando ambahanda kote abaha. Yekra kamba na hunde stende koho. Yabla koto hode he. Yaluhombe kendo boshonaya ba. Ingrokode mahanda shaya. Laste kebori handa mahanda. Yengrekede boshanda rabaha. Oh, Riyamana Shaya, Riyamana Shaya, Riyamana Shaya, Riyamana Shaya, Engerebo Shakaria, Yomberi Kerebo Shangadibaha. Yes, Jesus. Take us deeper. Take us higher. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. This is faith to faith conference. So the Lord is taking us further. Last night we saw secret codes for operating the God kind of faith. We realize that having faith in God is different from having the faith of God. And having faith in God is not sufficient. Because the devil also believes and trembles. He has faith in God. But he does not operate by the faith of God. Whatsoever is born of God has the faith of God. And overcomes. First John 5 4. The secret of their victory is their faith. Our faith. The faith of Christ. I am crucified with Jesus. Nevertheless, I live. The life I live now is no longer I that live. But Christ that loved me. I live by the faith. Of the Son of God. So tonight, we want to deal with that faith that moves the hand of God. Faith to move the hand of God. Concerning you, concerning your project, concerning your career. Concerning your family. Even concerning your adversaries. You don't want to move your adversary. You want to move the hand. The hand of the almighty. You can't handle your enemies. But when you move the hand of God. Things move. You're going to move obstacles. I told my people. I said. When God graced you to start seeing things, you discover that miracles are not mystical. The easiest thing to do is to move mountains into uproot trees. So I ask, Lord, 
that you reactivate the faith of your people. Revive our faith. Every faith that has been dormant. Every faith that has hibernated. Every faith that has been in a state of coma. Every faith that has been suspended. Every faith that has been set aside. Be revived. Be reignited. Be reactivated. Because you are being deployed tonight to move the hand of God. To move the hand of God. I ask Lord Jesus by the Holy Ghost, by your breath, by your spirit, move in the heart of your people. Move in this gathering to move the faith of the people. To renew their faith. To revive their faith. For effective deployment. For strategic deployment. That will cause miraculous effect. The news and the testimonies. And the stories. Of things that will begin to happen from tonight. Will last our lifetime. I decree and declare this will be an unforgettable night in your life. This is a landmark night in your life. By the faith of God. By the faith of God. The things you thought were impossible before are made simple. Made simple. Made simple. The most difficult things, the most difficult challenges you have faced, they are made easy for you from tonight. From tonight. Let's be seated. Let's try to see that. I'm so happy to have a friend, a brother, a prophetic, apostolic son, everything combined. I was telling Pastor Cho in the morning, I said, there's something about that man and about you. I said, how, there's how connectivity happens. This man, he's a man of God too. But many years ago, I was privileged to officiate in his wedding. <laughs> and the wedding had been so fruitful, flourishing, you know, glorious. You know, there are weddings you regret that you attended. <laughs> Brother Emmanuel. Yeah, I don't know how we came together here, but this is divine orchestration. All the way from, is it, which part of Nigeria now? Let's welcome Brother Emmanuel. Can, come on, let him see your face. Let's see your face. God bless you. The stars are gathered here. The Lord rebuked me and said, never join them again to say, there are no stars in the kingdom except Jesus. That would be a bad job. If Jesus is the only star in the kingdom, then he did not succeed. Because he came to raise many to be what he is. To raise many sons of glory. He's not ashamed to call us brothers, brethren. So we're members of the same family. 
We have the same father. So how can your elder brother be a star and you are a rat? Talk to me, say I'm not a rat. Now come on, people, I'm not a rat. I'm a superstar. Now you know what makes you a star? The word of God. He spoke stars into being. Jesus is the word of God that was made flesh. And he's called the bright and morning star. So when the word enters you and you embrace it and it becomes part of you, you become what Jesus is. Is that difficult to believe? So there are stars gathered in this place. So it's an unusual night. And your faith is being activated. I will plead with you, please. Faith basically is agreeing with what God says. Embracing what he says. Saying what he says. Acting on what he says. Regardless. So, if you will, it's more like imitation. It's, it's more like you know, you are, you are acting it. God does it, you try to do the same because good children imitate their parents. He speaks, you, you say the same thing. He shines, you shine. He stretches his hand, you stretch your hand. I remember some time ago, not too long ago, the Lord took me to a place in our city in Lagos, in the center of Lagos, in the spirit. I pray that the Lord will begin to take you to places in the spirit. You know, you're meant to be able to travel in the spirit. Because anyone born of God, born of the spirit, is spirit. And the same way the spirit like wind blows and moves and goes where it wants, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. We are superior with due respect, we are superior witches. If witches fly, we soar. And I'm not talking to you, I'm not talking from book, and I'm not trying to impress you. What will I get? Impressing? Come out the way from Lagos? Impress you? So how much will you pay me for impressing you? So the Lord took me in the spirit. To a particular place in our city in Lagos. And to get to that place, you know, it was dark. It was like dead of the night. And like vast places, which in the natural is part of the city with houses. that is out. But in the realm of the spirit, it was like a vast burial ground. Symmetry. All tombs that have, you know, some cracked up. So horrible. There's no way you can trek and go through that place. So I saw that I was floating. I was gliding. And I knew the Lord was the one taking me. Where we're going. And sometimes it looked like I'm brought down to see those tombs and those burial places. And you, well, no light, but he's the light of the world. So we're just going. 
Then we go to the center of the city with you know, some intersections or major roads. And uh, I stood there. I looked to my right. I saw like one or two lions wandering about. Looked to the other side. I saw some other ones. But they were going different directions. And then I saw a garden in front of me. And I felt like as you go towards that garden. As I was going towards the garden, some dogs. You know, the Bible says the Messiah was surrounded by dogs. In Psalm 22. If I were the people that pierced the sun, the Bible says they were dogs. And beasts of Bishop. So I saw like six dogs. You've never seen any kind of dog like that. Huge dog. And they were walking on two legs. They were not, yeah. And they were coming. Spotted black, white skin. And they were coming towards me. And I knew this is danger. Now the problem was the Lord had brought me there. I, I, I couldn't see him. Now I'm just seeing dogs. Maybe I took my eyes off him. And they were closing and I knew this is crisis. And I don't know what to do. At that moment, I looked towards the garden. And I saw the Lord coming in human form. I mean, just like a gardener. I saw him coming. And he came towards me. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Pastor Eric, can you come? He came towards me and stood between me and the dogs. Put me behind him. Didn't say a word. And they were coming. When they came close, he stretched his hand. He, just he didn't say what. He just stretched his hand. And the dog came close. And it's like the hand was just neutralizing whatever intention, whatever veracity, whatever they had. They just became calm. Now I became a spectator. I'm behind him. And I'm, I'm watching. <laughs> Did I tell you that warfare can be fun? When you become a spectator, that's reform. So I'm watching, and he stretched his hand. He, he didn't say anything. The reason I, I'm saying this story is not to impress you. I knew by instinct that I'm supposed to do what he, he did. So I did like this. And I saw the dogs respected my hand. <laughs> Warfare over. The Lord is turning every battle in your life to an adventure of victory. You're going to be a spectator in the demonstration of your victory. If what I'm saying to you is not true, so some of you have known me for a while. Stress will have killed me. There's no way I can cope with all I'm coping with. My wife will look at me sometimes and says, you know, they put a lot of big tattoos around your neck. She says, you are probably the most relaxed general overseer I've ever met. And things are happening. More in the spirit. So why I said that is you are supposed to be someone that imitates God. 
That's how you're meant to learn to function. So uh, you have to, your eyes have to open where you figure out by the word of God, by the spirit of God, what will God do in this situation? Or what is God doing? What's God saying? And you say, I can't see God. See Jesus. Jesus is the greatest, the best, the brightest, the clearest expression of God. So, we're dealing with faith to move the hand of God. Faith to move the hand of God. Because the principles of faith and the, the knowledge of faith, how faith works, the teachings about faith, it's been set aside. And I don't know what we embraced. I think it was like the church, the people of God got to a point where we felt, yeah, we've had enough of faith. Let's move on. Christianity is called defeat. So how can you move on to what? You were justified by faith. You are saved by grace through faith. A truckload of grace came, but the vehicle carrying the grace is faith. So no faith, no delivery. The just lives by faith. So faith is not for emergency. It's for daily living. That your faith life, faith thinking, faith words, and faith actions begin the moment you wake up. There has to be an expression of faith. You say, what should I say? Well, this is the day the Lord has made. Just make a declaration. Already, you are engaging war. Once you say this is the day the Lord has made, you are telling someone you don't own today. You don't own today. Satan, you, you call yourself the God of this world, but you have no control over this day. As far as I'm here, this day is made by the Lord. That faith of Satan. This is the day the Lord has made. I will. It's a determination. It's not like, let's watch and see how the day will go. No, we tell the day how it should go. This is the day I will rejoice. Why? The joy of the Lord is my strength. In Psalm 97 verse 11, he says, light will be sown in the heart of the upright. Light. L-I-G-H-T. Light is planted as a seed. In the heart of the upright. Did you get that? So, God plants seeds in your heart. You know the seed they plant? Light. Oh, Lord. Somebody guide me. And every seed God plants starts little. Like a mustard seed. But with time, it becomes a mighty tree. That's why it can move any other tree. Or move any other mountain. 
So, when you wake up, is it in the scripture? Did you see that? Light is what? Sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. So, which means you can wake up and say, okay, yes, Lord. I receive the sowing of light. I receive the seed of light in my heart. You say, what relevant has that? See, you are receiving signal to navigate, to take your bearing. You're receiving signal. Psalm 43, verse 3. And I know I'm getting out of my outline. <laughs> I see if I'm always in line. Psalm 43, verse 3. Can we read it together? Somebody with a voice of faith. What does it say? Oh, send out. Aha, did you hear that? So what does he do? He plants the seed of light. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Blessed is the one that dwells in his, in his house, in his tabernacle. And, but he says, you can't come there without light, without truth, without signal. Micah knew this. He says, even when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be light to me. David knew this in Psalm 18, verse 28. He says, the Lord is my lamp. He lights my candle. He lights my lamp. And I walk through, through a troop. I leap over a wall. It takes lights to ascend. It takes lights to prevail. You travel by lights. You fight by lights. Do you know that many Christians don't understand this? And that's why people are miserable. And I say, Christianity is not working. It's you that's not working. I'm serious. With due respect. The Lord is putting an end to your frustration tonight. The Lord sent me to frustrate whatever has been frustrating you by activating your faith. Light my lamp. So light is sown as a seed in the heart of the righteous. And that seed of light is strength. So you can wake up, you can go to sleep tired, stressed. Just wake up and say, yeah, I receive the seed of light. I receive the seed of light. I receive the seed of light. It's going to guide me. I do not walk in darkness. I have the light of life. Faith is what you live by for daily living. It's not when there's trouble, Christ say, whoa, where's my faith? Where's light? It's already too late. This is what we said on dinner table yesterday. It is during peace time when there is no crisis. You should be experimenting with the faith you will deploy during crisis. So don't suspend your faith when everything is okay. 
be testing your faith, be using it. You get what I'm saying? You know, there's no pressure. There's no pressure. So be speaking words of faith. Be bursting in faith. Hallelujah. You tell yourself, my faith is increasing. Because I've been hearing the word of God. And faith comes by hearing. And Jesus said to me, if I have faith like mustard seed, in fact, my faith is now more than mustard seed. And he says, if I have faith like mustard seed, I will move this terrible mulberry tree. So well, since my faith is now more than mulberry tree, uh, than mustard seed, I can move the unmovable. I'm building up. In time of peace, you build up for war. Then the war will be a walk over. You don't hear what I'm saying? Do you know if we had teachings like this, there will be less frustration? There will be less people abandoning the faith and abandoning churches? There will be less abortion of destiny. So we're talking about faith to move the hand of God. Faith is for daily living. Then faith is for battle. I've said it before. Faith is not a basket. Come on, talk to me. Say, my faith is not basket faith. It's battle faith. He says, fight the good fight. Of not take the basket of faith. Taking the shield of faith to quench every fiery arrow. Keep taking the shield of faith. Not take the basket of faith for shopping. That's wrong deployment. Are we talking? So faith is for battle. He says, honestly contend for the faith that was once delivered. Fight crazy to defend your faith. The devil can touch anything you say, well, it doesn't bother me. But he comes near your faith, he should see your red eyes. You should say, Satan, how dare you? How dare you come near my feet? Your finger is burned. For touching my feet. So you live by faith. You fight battles of faith. You overcome by faith. Now listen, this is very important. This is very important. Pastor Joe, I never made this connection. And I discover whatever you are not talking about and thinking about, we not open up. The acts of faith is becoming dull because it's less talking about faith. Did you get what I'm saying? So some people now we talk more about money, we talk about entrepreneurship, and talk about you know national transfer and success and leadership. Those are good stuff, but that's not what you live by. That's not what you live by. I never, never have had faith teachings and we're told we have moved on in the 80s. And I'm wondering, why did I hear, why didn't I see this? If faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God that proceeds to you, and remember, man lived by every word that proceeds from God. As a matter of fact, in the original Hebrew, Deuteronomy chapter 8 that says man lived by every word. Says by everything. 
not by every word. Word is in italics. And do you remember, that's what Jesus quoted for, for Satan. When he said, turn stone to bread. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. In the original, it's by everything that proceeds from God. So, if it's a sign that God shows you, you can live by it. Like recently, he showed me bridge. And he said, begin to build bridges. You know, before I used to bomb bridges. <laughs> and God told me, he said, boy, you try. You have bombed many bridges. So, he said, now, begin to construct bridges. I'm telling you, so, now, I'm a bridge builder. I'm building bridges to Roman Catholic priests, bishops. If I show you pictures, you will think I backslidden. Bridge, he said, build, he said, all the bridges you burnt now, build them now. He just showed me the picture of bridge. We had, we had a concert in our church. My wife put it together. For her, he said, he said, when you speak, I implement. So she said, you asked us to build bridges? She said, well, the Lord told me that you know spot unify people in the world. He said, there is a spot that unifies people in the church. That can unify every church. Every believer. It does not matter their denomination. I said, what spot? He said, music. He said, music is the spot of the church. Did you get that? You know, when South Africa is playing, people forget whether they are Muslim, whether they are Buddhist, whether they are Judaism. Help me now. And all of these. If it's the rugby team and you belong to the same team. As a matter of fact, there's a funny story. And it's, 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 a, it's a bishop in Nigeria. Well-respected bishop and we're hanging out together. Bishop Kuka, and he said there was this soccer match that Nigeria was playing with another country, and the president was there. I think it was the time of President Lusegun Basinjo, you know, and the man, you know, is never tired and it's always active, no dull moment. So they were watching this soccer, you know, match in the in the presidential villa, and there were Muslims, you know, some Muslim ministers, special advisors. So, and they were all watching together. And uh, the, the president of the said, Nigeria must not lose. Nigeria must win. What are they doing? And suddenly, the Nigerian boy scored. Everybody shouted, he said, go. And then one Muslim guy said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, the president said, but you are a Muslim. He said, once we score, go. It doesn't matter. He said, he said they were singing Jesus' song when they scored. They were singing Jesus' song. He's a miracle walking God. He's a miracle walking. That's how we score goals. Don't tell Bafana Bafana. Because we have another song I haven't told you. The Muslim guy said it was not Islamic song they were singing. I connect this goal with that song. So thank you, Jesus. So, you know, my wife said, I said, well, you have delivered. And we organized a concert. Every denomination you can imagine came to our church. White Garden Church, Celestia. Celestia without shoe. CNS. Huh? Baptist Church. 
CAC church, you know, new generation churches, and they all came in their robes. And we said, just sing. We did, we're not trying to convert you. We didn't want you to migrate to our church. Let's just have fun. And we just had a taste of heaven. So the Lord said to me, the time to build walls around yourself and bomb people's buildings and bridges is over. There's time for everything. So we need infrastructural development. And you have to start with internal infrastructural development before you can build outside. If not, you'll be picking and choosing. Anyway, that's not where we're going tonight. So, man lives by anything God shows you. He shows me, he showed me a bridge and it became a message. It became a message. In fact, multi-layer bridges. Multi, it's a whether you think you need it or not. Just build the bridge. Some people will use it. You say the bridges you are using, you didn't build them. You don't even know who built them. It is self-centeredness that don't make you build bridges. What? Man lives by everything. If God gives you a song, it's enough to sustain your life. He said he gives me songs in the night. That's when it's dark. That's part of the light he gives. Have you realized that sometimes some song will just travel to your mind from nowhere? That's, that's a life grant. You're just giving a new lease of life. You're supposed to pick up that song. You know, it was a song that God gave them in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Read that place. The king, when he had the type of enemies and the numbers that gathered against him, he was scared. He said, I'm afraid. God, I don't know what to do. He said, everybody fast, we are in trouble. They were confused. He said, children should not eat, be crying. It's there. If you read 2 Chronicles 20 verse 12, he says, Lord, we do not know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. So you come to a situation you don't know what to do, let your eyes be upon him. Now, as, as he began to do that, the spirit of God came upon a man among them. And the man said, hear the word of the Lord. Don't be afraid. You guys don't need to fight this battle. The Lord is coming as man of war. He's going to fight for you. You will hold your peace. You see what God will do to the enemy. And he said, this is where they're going to come at against you from. Tomorrow, put your choir in front. Uh-uh. He said, I don't want to see any soldier because I'm going to fight. Put the choir in front. Let them begin to sing. The Lord is good for his mercies endure forever. The Lord is good for his mercies endure forever. As they were singing that, the enemy started killing themselves. God gave them a song. It was not only a means of living, it was a means of fighting. I want to say to you, God has granted you many resources. You laid them aside. You say, I say, I need some runs. I said, I need some dollars. What am I going to do with this song? 
Is that how I'm going to pay my bills by singing? Am I out of my mind? Come on, lift your hand. And say, Lord, grant me a release. Grant me new songs, new signs, new seed, new strength, new sights. In the name of Jesus, receive it. Yesterday is the last day you ever lose a battle. That, that day is gone. That day is gone. That is gone. So how do you move the hand of God? Now, I was saying, faith is not for emergency. It's not your spare tire. That you only bring up, bring out when there's flat tire. Faith is the tire you run on. It's the engine carrying you. It has to always be working. Even when you are sleeping, your faith is working. My wife showed you a scripture yesterday. Say, I'm, I'm sleeping, but my heart is awake. That, that's powerful. That heart, that's your faith. You don't say you are sleeping and your heart is not beating. You are not breathing. So, when you are sleeping, if your faith is active, you are fighting. You don't need sleepless night to fight demons. When you stay awake, it's because God wants to commune with you. Are you listening? You don't stay awake because demons will not let you sleep. Who gave them the license? Your breathing is enough. It's enough to, neutral, to paralyze demons. That you are breathing. So you're not permitted to lose another battle. Now, have you noticed, and I want you to please just check your Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Whenever there is crisis, the storm wants to drown them. When Jesus settles the crisis, he always says one thing. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Now, it portends two things. It's either the reason the crisis showed up is because your faith was not showing up. Your faith went on recess. And the devil is trying to score a goal. So where is your faith? Or number two, the crisis was brought to allow you Deploy your faith. Do you know that Western world developed country, they have, they have ammunitions that they are itching to use. They are itching to test them. That's why they will find weapons of, of mass destruction where there is no weapon. And move those stuff. They just want to use them, to test them. Now, Listen carefully. When you are living by faith, you don't wait for Satan to attack you. You should not be permanently on defense. Whether it's in boxing, I don't know about rugby, but in soccer, once they put you into your box and you're always defending, you're always defending, you commit a blunder. 
you will soon lose the match. He said the best form of defense is attack. Push the enemy back to his corner and keep them busy there. You are defending. If you have scored some goals, the way to defend that goal is attack. So, when you sit back as a Christian, you are not doing outreach. You're not inviting people to church. You're not praying for the sick. You are not believing God for new provision of funds to support the church. You are not helping nobody. You are just saying, the devil have come again. I haven't recovered from the other one. Another one has come. I need more prayer. You know the way. You know, you know the way. So when you're living by faith, you don't wait for Satan to attack. The Bible says, prepare war. That is in Joel. He didn't say prepare for war. Prepare war. You know, like you prepare soup. You prepare food. When you say you are preparing food, do you wait for someone to come and dump the food? You are preparing, you are cooking, you put the ingredients together, you have the recipe, or you have the expertise. Isn't that so? So, war is, Satan is not coming. Demons have, they said, okay, we, we don't want to trouble you this time. He said, don't worry, I'm cooking something. I'm cooking, I'm cooking, I'm cooking, I'm cooking. When you finish cooking the war, you go to the gate of the enemy. And say, this is your Christmas donation. <laughs> Hallelujah! So when you live by faith, you move from defense to offense. Satan, it will get a point and will say, but what did I do? But what did I do? I didn't do anything. I, you'll say, what, did you, what didn't you do? What didn't you do? Confess. How many people in this church have you troubled? You say, but I didn't come near you. Why? Well, he said, they are my brethren. Receive grace in the name of Jesus. Don't wait for Jesus to ask, where is your faith? Keep your faith active. Now, how do we move the hand of God? And I know this is a praying church. And I want both prayer and warfare to be easy. How do you move the hand of God? Let me show you a little of what the hand of God does when it moves. So you get more interested in moving the hand. Because the hand of God will move for you tonight. Your faith will move the hand of the Almighty. Your faith will move the hand that moves the world. Psalm 89, verse 13. Psalm 89, verse 13. Can you put it on the screen for us? Can we get that? What does he say? Can you read it, everybody? You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. And can you repeat it one more time with faith? Psalm 118, 118 verse 16. Because I wanted to see what you are moving tonight. 
I want you to see what is going to move concerning you tonight. And this hand does not just move transnationally. It's not just internationally. It moves transgenerationally. It's, it's intercontinental in its scope of coverage. It goes beyond global. It goes cosmic. When that hand moves, stars will move. Strongholds move. Principalities and power move. And the hand of God will move on your behalf tonight. Can we read it right? Everybody, I need your voice of faith. Come on now. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The hand Did you hear that? The hand, the right hand of God doesn't, it doesn't come on the ground and begin some. It's exalted. It's always above. You know what that means? Every enemy is under it. It subdues. It subdues. That's why I say, even if the sea roars, if all the, the army and the weapon, and the enemies gather against me, in this I will be confident. Because I know the hand I'm dealing with. And the Bible says, underneath you are those everlasting arms. The hand of the Lord does valiantly. It's gallant. It's dynamic. It's powerful. It's unstoppable. That's the hand you want to move. One thing that happens in prayer is that you move the hand of God. That's why I pity people that don't pray. I pity when you say my problem is prayerlessness. I just feel sorrow for you. Because you have chosen paralysis. You have chosen to be a prey. Once you are not praying, you'll be somebody's meat. Because prayer moves the hand of God. Through your prayer of praise, your prayer of petition, that supplication, that's presenting your case with documented legal backup. Supplication and petition is that you've sat the constitution, the word of God, and you know the will and the mind of God. You know the position of the law. You have, you have the law precedence. You know how God settles all cases. And you are saying, because of that God, this matter is settled. And God cannot deny his word. He can't reject it. He can't refuse it. Once you show him his word. And say, so what I'm standing for is backed by this word. God will say, you have it. So whatever form of prayer, Praise perfects your prayer. That's why David says, he says, I pray three times a day. In Psalm 55, I think verse 17. But he says, I praise God seven times a day. Psalm 119, verse 164. 
He prays three times a day. But how many times does he praise God? Seven. Put Psalm 119 verse 164. He praises God seven times a day. Prayer is, I mean, praise is superior prayer. And actually, seven means perfection. Completion. It's not just one, two, three, four, five, five, six, seven. No, 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 no. It means it's complete. It's gauge. It, it has reached saturation point. It's full. Seven times a day, I praise you. Because you're righteous. So, is that one difficult to just say, thank you, Jesus? Lord, I thank you. Lord, you are good. I praise you. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Now, so, is anyone going to arrest you for that? And that's what perfect your prayer. That's real faith. The proof that you are strong in faith is in your praise. Did you hear that? Once your praise and your joy quotient level goes down, your faith has gone down. Your faith thermometer can be measured by your praise and your joy. You can read that in 1 Peter chapter 1. Around verse 5, 6, 7, 8, it says, among other things, though we haven't seen you, we love you. We believe you. And we're rejoicing with joy unspeakable. You show your faith is strong when you can rejoice over what you have not seen practically. The Bible says, Abraham waited for 25 years until his body died, his wife's womb died, everything died. And they kept dying. But he was not weak. He did not stagger at the promise of God. He was strong in faith, glorifying God. They said, why are you still doing that? But everything is going down. He said, he can't, what he has said cannot change. He raises the dead. If you have to raise a dead body to fulfill his word, he will do it. Then God said, you got it. So sometimes God delays your miracle, the manifestation of your answer, just to see the strength of your faith. Did you hear that? Did you hear what I said? Just to see the answer. I mean, the, the strength of your faith. The proof of faith is shown in praise and in joy. And you see, that's what the devil tried to seize. He will allow you be complaining and murmuring and grieving and hissing and blaming and frowning. He knows you're a loser. Once he gets you to that mode, you are out of the game. You're out. Decree, receive the oil of joy. Somebody need to say, may receive the anointing. Of joy to lubricate the engine of your faith. Now, listen. So, one thing the hand of God does, it responds to prayer. Prayer moves the hand that moves the world. Look at Ezra. Look at Ezra. Ezra chapter 6, verse, I mean, chapter 7, verse 6, and Ezra chapter 8, verse 18. Ezra 7, verse 6. Listen to this. 
this Ezra came up from Babylon. They were in captivity in Babylon, but he came up. May you not remain in Babylon. Now, I need to say something about Babylon. How many of you used to love reggae? Ire. How many of you remember Lucky Dube? Yeah. How many of you remember Bob Marley? Now, do you know, by the rivers of where we Oh, I thought you were born again. <laughs> and yeah, we were when we remember that. Now, now, you know, that is directly from Psalm 137. Listen now. Get a mystery. The devil has lost the battle over your life. Let me use that song to help you. That's Psalm 137. They said we were in captivity in Babylon. The enemy came and took us captive. And took us to Babylon. And we were laboring and serving the enemy by the rivers of Babylon. And we were weeping. When we remember the city of God. When we remember the city of John. When we remember Zion. And the festivity. And the presence of God. Oh, and we say how can we be here. And we were weeping by the rivers of Babylon. And those who carried us away. Captivity. Required us a song. How can we sing the lost song in a strange land? That's where they miss it. When the enemy mocks you and asks you to sing a song of Zion, he's asking you to bring out your weapon. That was when to sing the song of Zion. Because the song of Zion will confuse your Babylonian captivity. They said no. They said, they said, we, they said we hung our harps. We hung our harps on the willows. We refused to sing. How can we sing in Babylon? Then sit down in Babylon. Because the key to your exit is to praise God. In the captivity. Paul and Silas, they were in a kind of prison, in a kind of Babylon. Their body was bleeding. It was dark. It was dry. It was painful. It was confusing. A song came as light at midnight. And Paul and Silas said, let's sing. Let's sing. We are grateful, oh Lord. We are grateful, oh Lord, for all you have done for us. Hallelujah. We are grateful. Oh. And someone said, why are you saying you are grateful? Because you are faithful. Oh, even when I'm in pain, I know you have. Job, 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 Job says even if he kills me, I will keep praising him. He said if my problem is going to kill me, I will die praising him. The last thing that will come out of me before I die, is praising God. 
And my God will say, you had a little strength, but you kept my word. You kept praying. So I'm opening a door before you that no one can shut. When the enemy dare you to mock your faith and mock your song, that's the final blow up. Sing that song. So go back to Ezra. Go back to Ezra. So Ezra came out from Babylon. He had a positive mentality. He didn't have a slavery mentality. He has transcended the crisis in Babylon. Oh Lord, take you there. We are all in captivity. We are all prisoners on earth. In this body, in this flesh. But you know Ezekiel was also in the same captivity. And he said, I was in captivity in Babylon with all the other captives by the river Kebar. But on a certain day, I knew what to do and the heaven opened. The heaven opened and the hand of God came upon me. And I started seeing the visions of God. And I stayed in Babylon and he took me to Jerusalem. He rose above the other captives. Those are the people that know how to use their faith to move the hand of God. You got it. So look at this. So he came out of Babylon. And he was a skilled scribe in the Lord of Moses. In Babylon, he didn't put the word of God aside. We are still reading the Bible. Can you see what they are doing to me? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. You've just lost it. In Babylon, he remained a skilled scribe of the Lord of God, of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. The king granted him. How many? Somebody, you are prophesying to yourself. The king granted him. How many? The king granted him. How many? All what? All his requests. According to what? The hand of the Lord his God. Say, my Lord and my God. Lay your hand upon. Lay your hand upon me. Lay your hand upon me. In a new way. Let your hand come upon me. To grant all my requests. In the name of Jesus. Come on, shout hallelujah, someone. But you know, God is a gentleman. He can't just bring his hand. He prayed. He said the hand came to grant all the requests. So, <laughs> no request, no hand. And no granting. He could be frowning. With all the scripture, I used to teach people. I have been testifying about God. I mean, all that we did, where, how far did he carry us? Let's face the facts. I'm tired of praying. I'm sick and tired. Okay. Enjoy your captivity. But the Lord granted all his requests by the hand. He prayed. God said, the only way I can grant your request is to bring my hand. So, for those of you that the Lord will begin to expand your businesses and open doors for you, 
and your establish and your institution will multiply. Is somebody hearing me? Your ministry, your ministry will not only expand, it's going to explode. Expansion is gradual, explosion is sudden. I came prepare for you tonight because tonight is the last night. So allow me, let me be. Listen carefully. Look at what the hand of God can do. Because you are not going out of this room tonight until your faith starts moving the hand of God. All over the world, the hand will move for you. On every issue that concerns you, the hand will move for you. Everywhere they are speaking about you, the hand will move for you. Everywhere you have an interest, the hand will move for you. Hallelujah! Wait, 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 wait. Look at uh, Ezra 8, verse 18. This is for people that want to explode and expand. Look at what the hand does. Psalm, I mean, Ezra 8, 18. Then, by the good hand of our God upon us, what did they do? They brought us a man of understanding. It takes men of understanding to produce outstanding results. So if you want to start having outstanding results in your ministry, in your business, in your oppression, you need God to plant men of understanding beside you, before you, around you. But only the good hand of God can make that happen. What do you think brought me here? It's the good hand of God. With, listen, with all humility, I have some understanding. Because I know how it works. That's my food. That's my preoccupation. That's my passion. That's my movie. That's my hobby. It's my everything. To get understanding. Because he said those that have inside understand. In Daniel chapter 12. He said they will shine as stars. You can't be a star without understanding. Am I talking to you? If the hand of God was not prayed into existence. I told you last year. I said don't take it for granted. That I will fix a program and I gave you date. And you think I will come. Paul said I determined to come anytime. Satan stopped me. I said you didn't pray. Satan hindered me. Pray that I will be released to come. So it takes the hand of God through your prayer, releasing people of understanding to come in contact. Now, you are a discerning person. You, your program didn't permit you to be here. But you came out of courtesy. From the first night, you understand. You said, wow, I can't miss this. And rearrange everything. Even traffic couldn't stop you. Because it's like, okay, what I pray for, this is the hand of God. Do you know the magician, the Egyptians, they said to Pharaoh, let these people go. This thing that is happening is the finger. The finger, finger, finger. You know, in our place, when they do finger to you like this, when an African man does this to you, so the, the witches, they told Pharaoh, they said, hey, when God brings out his whole hand, and his arm. Pharaoh did not agree. That's why he perished in the Red Sea. The hand of God buried him. 
buried him. God sent a finger. So the finger of God has been warning people concerning you. He's been warning Satan and demons. And the trees that have been messing you up. And the mountain that have been destroying you. Now the hand is coming. Ah! Listen, I can, I can go on and on, but we cannot. The hand of God plants people of understanding into your oppression. It takes the hand of God. If not, you will be dealing with mean men. He said, if you are diligent, and we are expected to be diligent in the word of God. If you see a person diligent in his work, he will stand before kings, rulers, headmasters, not mean men. Say thank you, Jesus. Where the hand of God does some other stuff, if you read Psalm 144, from verse 5 to the end, he said, rend the heavens. Can we see that? Psalm 114. I mean 144. 144, 144, verse 5. Say, bow down your heavens. It takes faith to pray this kind of prayer. I've told you when you are dealing with faith, sorry, you're not doing theology and doctrinal argument. Why should I ask God to bow down and come down? God is omnipresent. He's everywhere, every time. Okay, sit with your problem. Be doing doctrine. Satan don't have time for that. You think the people that wrote the Bible are out of their mind? They say God came. So they didn't know that God is omnipresent. <laughs> Where is, they told you God is omnipresent. But they now say there is how he comes to Midran. He walks at that. Everybody will say he came. He has left all that place. He's here now. They say, why are we here? Because God came here. He came from Montpera. He came to Monsina. Even Monsignor began to shake. It wasn't shaking before. And God was omnipresent. Divine visitation. God was omnipresent. He visited Sarah. And barrenness ended. So, which means God can be around and not show up. Manifestation. He can be present and not manifest. Did you get what I'm saying? He says, bow down the heavens, your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Come down. They say what? See the way things are going. We need your manifestation. Touch the mountains and let them smoke. Now, we pray some crazy prayer in the morning. We're praying for liberty for men. We discovered that when a man said, hell surrounded me in Psalm 18. And it's also in Psalm 116, verse 3. He said, the, the ropes of hell, the sorrows of hell, and of death, and the torrents, and everything. Surround, and put me under distress, and cornered me. And I was feeling anguish, and pain, and sorrow. I cried to God. He had me and came down. But when God came down, listen, 
God didn't just come down for him and say, I cut the ropes. God does not cut ropes. He goes to where the rope is tied. God always deals with things at the root. The tree that Jesus caused dried from the root. So when God came down, he didn't just say, rope of hell is enough, is enough. He says there was earthquake. So part of where Satan tied the rope is under the earth. Then he said the mountain began to move and shake and shake. So part of the thing that ties you, the rope is under the rock in your village. Then he says he discovered the channel of the sea. He opened it. That's part of the prison arrangement. Some people's destiny are tied down in the sea. When God comes down, he knows where to locate everything that's been afflicting you. Did you hear what I'm saying? See, when I'm in this realm, I don't want to be politically correct. I, I don't care what you believe. But it's working for me. I say, God, all those mountains in my village, under the rock, whatever was buried there against me, lightning and thunder. Let the mountain smoke. Let the mountain boil. That's volcanic eruption. Let them melt at your presence. Let them tremble. It's all over scripture. You read Psalm 114. He said when Israel was coming out of, of captivity, Judah, praise, was the one leading them. As he was leading them, he said mountains were jumping. Red Sea was jumping. Rivers were jumping. He said, wait, mountain, why are you jumping? See, why are you jumping? He said, can't you see the presence of God? God inhabit the praise of his people. They are praising God as they are coming. We cannot wait. The reason the barriers have waited is that you suspended the praise of God in your mouth. You stop declaring the wonders of God. And what you don't declare, you don't see. Somebody said, Lord, I praise you. I praise you. So, Psalm 114. Say, let the mountains melt. Let them see. Why? Look at the next one. Go to the next one. Verse, verse 6. Why should mountains move? When God come down. Flash forth your lightning. So, when it's raining and you're hearing lightning and thunder, God is speaking. I told you yesterday, when rain suddenly fell in the earth, I said, God is saying something. You don't understand the language, but I know what he's saying. Send your light. Everything in creation is an expression of divine counsel. Read your Bible. Revelation 10. He said, the, mount, I mean, the, 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 the thunder uttered the voice. And I wanted to write what the thunder said. And they say it's your personal consumption. Don't write that one. So men of the spirit, they hear when thunder strike. When lightning strike, they see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You call it superstition. We call it supernatural. If you read that Psalm 18, he sent his arrow and scatter everything I was arranging for, uh, 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 responsible for my imprisonment. So he says, Send your lightning. Scatter them. Shoot out your arrows. Destroy them. 
Why? Read the next verse. It's about them. Come down. Now, stretch out your hand from above. And do what? Rescue. And do what? And deliver out of great what? From the hand of foreign. Another translator of King James said, the hand of strange children. People dealing with you in a strange way. People looking at you in a strange way. People thinking strange thoughts about you. This is where to deal with them. Now, when you read it to the end, I don't have the time. He repeated the prayer again. Verbatim. You go down. He repeated the same prayer. Maybe around verse, verse 10 or verse 11. And now finally says, so that our sons can grow like plants. And our daughter can become like pillars of the palace. But if you don't do the above, our children will, will be paralyzed. So that our sons may be as plants. Grown up in their youth. They won't become old before they have breakthrough. Grown up in their youth. So that our daughters may be as pillars, sculptured, polished in palace style. Verse 13. Put verse 13. Thank you. So that our barns may be full. But if he doesn't open heaven and burn mountain and send his arrow and scatter some things, your barn cannot be full. You'll be living a scanty life. So that our barn can be full. Supplying all kinds of produce that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousand in our field. Verse 14, come on now. That our oxen May be well laden. That there may be no breaking in or going out. No losses. That there be no outcry on the street. No disaster. Read the next verse. What does it say? Come on now. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people who go. In order, the people that know how to operate at this frequency. They're the ones that are blessed. It takes faith. To know that God can rent heaven and come down into your situation. In Psalm 74, he says, God, step down into the perpetual, is 73? Step down into the perpetual desolation. Step down into this perpetual desolation. He said, they've damaged everything in your, in your sanctuary. They've burnt down everything. The enemy have raised up their banners and their flags. We don't see our signs anymore. No more prophets. We don't know how long we're going to remain. Say, God, step down. Say, there has been infrastructural damage. No connectivity. No communication with heaven. No communication from heaven. And he said, what is going to settle this matter? It's God, step down. It's the hand of God. So, you move the hand of God. When we say you move the hand of God, you move the presence of God. He steps in. So, let's close with simple way. And I just give you two people as example. You are permitted to forget everything I've said, not this one. I'm serious. You can forget everything, not this one. So, for you to see how to move the hand of God with your faith and in prayer. Because all faith teachers and movements, some, some people got away with the impression that when you're operating faith, you don't pray. That was the tragedy. 
that you just make positive confession. Positive mental uh, attitude. You don't need prayer. That's the tragedy. Jesus said, like the woman that kept praying in Psalm, I mean Luke 18, until her crisis was sorted, will I find faith when I come back? That type of faith. So Jesus connected prayer and faith. Persistence in prayer is an expression of faith. Having staying power in the place of prayer, upholding what God says to you, and saying, God, I know what you told me. Things are happening to the contrary. Lazarus is dead, he's smelling, but you told me it won't end in death. And I know you heard me and you hear me always. Therefore, I use the faith of God. Lazarus, come out. That's faith. No faith will have been where God told me it won't end in death. Now there's a news that Lazarus have died. I throw away my faith. God, how can you do this to me? How can you put me to shame? I was so stupid to believe what you said to me, you know. You just damaged yourself. Faith keep praying. When there is nothing to pray about, you start praising him for what you have prayed about. The Bible says, watching there unto with thanksgiving. That after you have prayed, you say, God, I'm thanking you. What I told you that you say you have had, I thank you. <laughs> you know, oh, you need to come to Nigeria to learn this. When somebody wants you to do something, I say, okay, I just thank you. I thank you. <laughs> I say, okay, I just come greet you. <laughs> no problem. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you say, wait, for all you don't do now, ah, we go say you never try. You don't try. No problem. They put us in this country. They say, thank you very much. Now, I don't want to trouble you again, no. But, but thank you, thank you. I know God understands our culture. <laughs> Hallelujah! Okay, so now, two points, let's end. Listen to this. Listen to this. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. is one of the most inspired, potent, anointed chapters in the Bible. Because it was spoken at the point of death. The first matter of the church, Stephen, face to face with death, spoke that. So that's not a basket fit some, some stuff. You get it? So you need to read Acts chapter 7 over and over over. Do you know it's Acts chapter 7 you can understand why Abraham answered the call of God. You can read Genesis all you like. You'll be saying but how can Abraham just leave his father's house, leave his country, leave his this and just be going to where he doesn't know? Did you get the point? Nobody knew why Abraham answered. Now you go to Joshua 24 and Joshua also was anointed in verse 2. He said Abraham and his father, they were worshipping idols on the other side. Oh, that's why there was barrenness and premature death. That's the result of worshipping idols. Because they are stagnant. Did you hear that? So, which means the call of Abraham is to call him out of stagnancy. To dynamism. God wanted him to flow out. 
He said he was a rock, but I need to bring rivers. I need to bring oil out of his rock. So I'm calling him out. So he didn't just call him out of his country and father's house and kindred. He called him out of himself. But until you get to Acts 7, verse 2, with God appeared to Abraham. Did you see that? Acts 7, verse 2, tells us the God of glory was the one that appeared to Abraham. You can't be worshipping wretched idols. And a God of glory will appear with glory and say, follow me. In our country, they say, when a man promises to make cloth for you, you check the quality of the one he's wearing. <laughs> you don't need to ask, uh, will the cloth be good? Will it be of good quality? Just check the stuff he's wearing. That will tell you the type you are going to get. <laughs> it's got common sense. So, which God called Abraham? The God of glory. Did what? Appeared. You'll be stupid to be worshipping demons, wretched idols that have to be pouring, pouring oil on them. And rain beat them. And you have to make tent for them. Then a God appeared. Blasting. Blaring. Shining with glory. Glistering. He said, I want to make a glorious life out of you. I want to make you great. You are too much to remain here. Follow me. I want to show you something. Only Stephen brought that up. May you begin to see the glory of God. I said, the people that argue in church about tithes and about giving, they are people that have never seen God and they've never had him. You can't hear God and see God like Abraham and God say, give me your Isaac. And you'll be saying, that's Old Testament. You have sentenced yourself behind before Old Testament. You have paralyzed yourself. When the God of glory appears to you, what he didn't ask you, you will give him. If you are a proper African, well brought up. When you see someone loaded with glory, what he doesn't need, you'll be giving him. Say, take it, take it. It's not enough. I wish I have enough. That's what Queen Sheba did for Solomon. So the reason you are holding back what you have, you have not seen the God of glory. You haven't had him. So, it's in this chapter that Stephen said, when Moses was 40 years, the purpose of God came to his heart. It's in about verse 20, 21, 22, verse 25. No, 25 is where they taught. But around verse 20 or 21, 22, when Moses was about 40 years, it came to his heart. To visit his brain. You can look for it. Listen carefully. So a time comes. When the purpose of God should come to your heart. Should be stirred up. Should be activated. Eternity is in the heart of men. But it waits. For fullness of time. There's a time of maturation. The reason you are alive. That you can say I'm alive for this purpose. For this cause. 
It's just down Moses. The story my mother told me, what was happening when I was born, why I grew up in the palace, why I learned all the education of Egypt, is these people that are in captivity. It's not to inherit the throne of Pharaoh. It came to his heart. Did you see that? To visit the children of Israel. If it's not something significant, the Holy Spirit won't capture it. I pray that the purpose of God will come to your heart. I pray that the reason God made you and put you where you are will begin to rise up in your heart. It came to his heart. So now listen. So he went to visit them. He wasn't going on picnic. He wasn't going on sightseeing. He was on purpose. Did you get that? You can call it the call of destiny. I'd have to go. They say, where are you going? That place is not decent. Palace is very cool. He said, no, something has come to my heart. Something has come to my heart. So he got there and he saw practically how Egyptians were oppressing them. And the king told him, that's why I raised you up. For many of you, the purpose of God came to your heart. But like Moses, you didn't turn to God to say, how are we going to accomplish it? The fact that the dream, your vision, the purpose of God came up in your heart doesn't mean that you have gotten the process and the procedure, the blueprint, the master plan. God just gave you a hint. You've not gotten the detail. Yeah, God, don't worry, God. Don't worry, God. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I know how to make things happen. I'm a go-getter. I'm a go-getter. When I set my mind to do something, ah. So to cut the long story short, when Moses got there, oh, this is why God made me. Ah, I will fulfill the purpose today. Today, I'm fulfilling destiny now. And he killed the Egyptian. And he told the Israelites, don't let anybody hear. Don't let Pharaoh hear. That's not how God works. That's not how God works. Now listen, God does not violate authority. You later read that God now appeared to Moses the way he wanted to do it. That when I want to bring out a people, you go to the highest authority that put them under bondage and confront him. You don't kill in secret. God could move all the children of Israel out while Pharaoh was sleeping. And fast forward them. <laughs> God said, Moses, what you didn't learn when you were 40 years, be going to Pharaoh. You need his consent. But I will allow him to play the fool before I drown him. So it came to his heart. He did it the wrong way. And it backfired. What he did not do, he didn't know how to pray to deliver the conception of his dream. He didn't know how to use prayer to birth his destiny. He didn't know how to move the hand of God. He thought that whatever comes to his hand, his own hand will do it. 
So look at verse 25. Is it in verse 25? Put verse 25 now. Put verse 25. Everybody, can you read it for me? For he supposed that his brethren will understand that God will deliver them by, by whose hand? By Moses' hand. He felt what came to my hand. That's the reason I was trained in the palace. That's the reason I have my position. I have what it takes. So he, when he came and said, I've come from the palace. I'm, I'm Prince Moses. He thought everybody would understand. Now, there are things God told you. Only you understand it. So you have to pray and ask God, how will people understand this? What should I, how should I present it? Who should I talk to first? If you talk to the wrong people, like Joseph spoke to his brothers, it can prolong your journey. So he thought they would understand. Did they understand? They did not understand. So that sentenced him into 40 years. Not praying about your dream and your vision. And thinking you are using faith can suspend action for 40 years. Trying to do it by your hand. You see, if the purpose that has come from your, to your heart is of God, your hand is too small. If the hand of God transmits something to your heart, it will take that hand to accomplish it. Your connection can do it. Your savings can do it. Your education can do it. Your intelligence can do it. It will take that hand. So now, after 40 years, read verse 35. 10 verses, but 40 years. Go to verse 35. This same Moses, who they rejected, Say, who made you a ruler and a judge is the one God sent to be ruler and deliverer by what? By what? Verse 25. He thought they would understand it is by his. After 40 years, God says, not your hand. I use the hand of the angel. And God stays inside angel to be walking. The angel is God. He just used them to front his image. So it took 40 years to bring the hand of the angel. And when that hand came, it came with fire. And he said, the same Pharaoh you are running away from, go and meet him. When the hand of God, as the hand of God is stretched before you, you fear nobody. Everything you have run away from before, you are running back to them. The places you were rejected before you'll be accepted. The doors that were shut against you be open. Before he sent him, he said, the one that wanted your life, I'll kill him. Go there. God don't stretch his hand before you and allow those who will kill you remain. So what happened here? For 40 years, Moses have to learn to pray the hand of God into existence. Before that burning bush, when God said, no, I'm ready. Moses said, I'm not ready. I cannot. I can't do it. He was talking to God. He was negotiating. God said, okay, let me show you what my finger can do. Let me show you what your rod can do. He was talking to God. By the time he left that place, everything was sorted. 
So how you move the hand of God is that when you conceive a purpose, turn to prayer. That's faith. And say, God, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. They are brought down, put to shame. I trust in the name of the Lord. And I will stand upright. Psalm 20 from verse 7. You say, my trust is in myself. In Psalm 44, he says, God did not save them by their own sword. It was by his own hand. So, Moses is a case study. The last one is Elijah. Elijah didn't miss it. We're going to pray now. I think Elijah learned from Moses. Please hear this. I know you've read Elijah a lot. I know, I know. I know you love Elijah because you like to know Elijah fire. So, but listen. Now listen. Elijah, his secret, if you read 1 Kings 17 verse 1, and you later check his comments, he stays in the presence of God. His title, the way he introduces himself, Thus says the Lord before whom I stand. That's the power slot. You are either praising him or you are talking to him. Or you are hanging out with him. Or he say, I stay there. Now, if you want to know the power of staying in the presence of God, without request, ask Gabriel. He came fresh from the presence of God and he told Zachariah, you're going to have a son. The man said, no, it's not possible at this age. I said, I came from the presence of God. I'm talking, you're arguing. You won't talk until after nine months. People that stay in the presence of God in prayer, you don't mess with them. So, Elijah stays there. It was there, God told him. Now, go and speak that there will be no rain until you speak again. Now, when you read 1 Kings 17, he didn't say go and announce it in your church or in secret. He said, go to Ahab and tell Ahab, no rain until you see me again. Bring another word. So, Elijah became synonymous with rain. Then God told him, go into hiding. Because the day Ahab sees you, rain will fall. So, don't come out until I ask you to come out. Some of us jump before God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, to cut the long story short, God told him, stay here. I will send the bird to be feeding you. Water will come. When the river dried up because there was no rain, God said, there's a widow. I'm not sending you to collect offering from the widow. I'm sending you to sustain her. Hallelujah! It's going to look like she will sustain you. But she's about to run dry. You are the rain that will enter her house. Anywhere Elijah enters, rain begins. Customized, private, local, whatever. So you know the end of the story. When he enters, if there is death, former and latter rain will raise the dead. So anyway, then you get to chapter 18, verse 1. Then God appeared to him. Look at 18, verse 1. Quickly, 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 we need to pray. And it came to pass, after many days, that's three and a half years. The word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on earth. So the reason he can bring rain, he doesn't go to appear to people in places God don't ask him to go. 
he knows when to show up. He goes by the word of God. Are you, are you hearing me? After three and a half years, the king has been looking for him. Where is this stupid boy that said there's no rain? They can't find him. Then he said, go and show yourself. As he was going, he saw Obadiah, who was walking in the king's palace. He said, hey, come. Obadiah said, my father. He said, no, go and tell your master that I want to see him. Rain is going to fall. He said, you will disappear and the man will kill me. He said, as God lived before whom I stand, today I will appear before him. So they called the king. And Elijah appeared. The king said, oh, troubler of Israel, you are the one that didn't allow rain. He said, no, it's your sin and your father's sin that's troubling Israel. He's coming from the presence of God. He's not patronizing nobody. Anyway, he says, gather all your prophets. Gather all your prophets. I am the one that is showing up now on behalf of God. There can be no rain except we bring fire down from heaven. Because God has shut heaven. My prayer has shut heaven. What we open the heaven is fire. So gather your prophet. If they can bring fire down, rain will fall. You know this story. So they try. They drain fall. They call themselves. They shouted. Then Elijah, at the time of evening sacrifice, he put the altar, put the wood in order, pour water, knew what to do. And he said, God, let these people know I do things only by your word. Let them know you are the one turning their hearts. He didn't even mention fire. Let them know you are the only God in Israel. Before he finished speaking, fire came down. And all the people bowed down and said, the Lord is God, we worship him. Then he said, clear all the false prophets. Now we're ready for rain. Are you following what I'm saying? We are ready for rain. Then he says, I'm going to the mountain top. I'm already hearing the sound of the rain. I'm hearing the sound of the rain. King, start going home. So, he had there was going to be rain, but he knew the procedure. What was the last stage? He went on the mountain top and took a birthing position. He said, King, go and eat and drink. But what I had in the spirit, I must pray it into manifestation. And he began to pray. God, what I had, I must see. What you said must manifest. He began to pray. Now, this is where we miss it. We taught Elijah prayer at a stress seven times. Elijah can't be praying and you go and disturb him. And say it's not working. So, he used to pray and get to a stage. He would feel like, I have a release. I have a release. I've entered another gear. The burden is lifted. Then he goes to meet his servant. Is there anything happening? He said, there's nothing. There's no cloud. He said, okay. That means I need another level. So he goes back. He prays and prays and prays. And he climbs. He gets to a stage. He said, I feel the anointing now. He goes back. Anything? He said, there's nothing. And he did that seven times. Going from one level to another. With breaks in between. Do you know that's how Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? 
He will pray for one hour. Then he will go and check the disciples. Uh -uh. You mean you can't stay for one hour? You are sleeping? Come on, pray. So he won't enter temptation. He goes back and pray for another one hour. You want to just do it at his stretch for 13 hours. That's why it's not working. Hello! So, by the time Elijah did the seventh one, the servant said, listen now, there is a cloud rising from the sea and it's like a man's hand. It's like what? A cloud like a man's hand. Elijah said, that's all we need. But that doesn't mean the prayer is over. Even when I see little manifestation, I have to push to the point of saturation. So he went back to pray. And the same hand came upon him. That same hand like cloud. It was when he, he prayed and it came on him. Heaven opened. So what we have missed, we don't know that. When you receive purpose, when you have a dream, when God gives you a hint, you have to pray until the hand manifests. Until the hand comes upon you. Until the hand moves on your behalf. You don't just do empty talk. Concerning that situation, work, business, marriage, crisis, health, big money, whatever. You pray until the hand of God manifests. Your faith is to activate the hand of God. Your faith is that, Lord, let your hand be visible. Isn't that what the apostle prayed? Behold, they are threatening. As we speak with boldness, stretch your hand. They said, we want to see your hand. Stretch your hand and do signs and wonders. Then we speak the more. Where we have missed it, we miss the connection between faith and prayer to bring the hand of God into manifestation and to bring the hand of God upon you until your conception comes to fruition. Let's rise up. The hand of God is moving on your behalf. The hand of God is coming upon you. The hand of God is straight forward before you. The hand of God is turning things around for you. The hand of God is bringing healing for you. The hand of God is bringing rain. Rain on your dry ground. Somebody open your mouth and say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. I believe. Let your hand move on my behalf. Let your hand come upon me. Ah! Let your hand open doors for me. Let your hand cause a turnaround. Let your hand bring breakthrough. Let your hand open doors for me. Let your hand perfect what concerns me. Let your hand turn my failure around. Let your hand grant me breakthrough. Your hand. Your hand. Let your hand be straight before me. Let your hand make crooked places straight. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody's praying. Somebody's praying. Your hand. Your hand. Your hand. Let your hand do what I cannot do. Let your hand do what I cannot do. Your hand. Your hand. Your hand. 
Yamara Bahanda Kereba Yadara Bahanda Karaba Yendera Bahanda Your hand before me Your hand upon me Let your hand bring dryness to an end Let your hand bring abundance Let your hand roll away my shame Let your hand Remove the sickness and the disease Lay your hand move the mountains. Lay your hand uproot the trees. Your hand. Your hand of power. Lay your hand do the impossible. Lay your hand do the impossible. Your mighty hand, your mighty hand. Let your hand be seen in my life. Let your hand be seen in my life. Rambo Rebahanda Korobahanda. Yoprekerebahanda Korobah. Yerebahanda Korobahada. Yaborobahanda Robahanda Kaba. Yaborobahanda Robahanda Kaba. Yaprobahanda Kurubahanda Kerba. Yaprakarubahanda Kerubaha. Yaprakarabahanda Kurubaha. Yapapapapapapapa. Yenda Rebahasha. Yenda Rabaha. Yenda Kotobahasha. Yatototobahanda Kaba. Yaprakarubahanda Kerba. Yorabahanda Kaba. In Jesus' name. Listen now. I see you. I see some people. I see the hand of the enemy has pressed you down. Bent you over for many years. And you couldn't stand erect. You know you're supposed to be at a higher level. You try to rise up. But there have been an invisible hand pressing you down. You even feel tired just trying. And I hear you say, I have done everything I know to do. And people that haven't done as much, they're moving on. They're rising up. And some people will feel you are not serious. They mock you. They judge you. And they say, what do you have to show for all this year? But they cannot see that invisible hand of the wicked resisting you, suppressing you. But I see the hand of the Almighty I see God opening the heaven like a curtain. The hand of God is paralyzing the hand of the enemy in your life. Every strange hand that have kept you in that position that is cursing you, that is restraining you, that is resisting you, the hand of God is cutting them off. In the name of Jesus.
I see some people. The hand of the enemy has been operating around you to cause diversion. Diverting your resources. Diverting opportunities. Diverting favor meant for you. Diverting honor meant for you. So when you are supposed to be riding on horses, you see slaves, servant of sin, riding on horses. And you are in the dust. Because the hand of the enemy is unjust. It plays you down and try to play up the evil ones. But I see the hand of God straight before you. No more diversion. In the name of Jesus. The hand that have delayed you from fulfilling purpose. From fulfilling destiny. The hand that have confounded you. That mess you up. That put you to shame. That put you to ridicule. I see the hand of God breaking that hand. And I hear God say, I'm making crooked places straight before you. I'm making crooked places straight before you. I'm filling up your valleys. I'm filling up the low places. I'm leveling up the mountains. My glory will not only be seen by you. My glory will be seen upon you. The hand of God is making way for the manifestation of a new glory in your life. The hand of the Lord is making way to enlarge your coast. Like Jabez, God is enlarging your coast. God is removing your sorrow. God is removing your shame. You are going to be more honorable than your brethren. In the name of Jesus. But the Lord said, it's not only enlargement. It's not only expansion. There's going to be explosion. How will it happen? Listen, this is the last thing I had. It's a begin to sing. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren. Break forth into singing. Rejoice by force. Don't wait for the external condition to change before you change your expression. Change your song. Change your language. Change your comment. Begin to sing. Begin to praise God. Begin to declare the wonders of God. The faithfulness of God. He said because you are going to break forth on every side. You are going to break forth on every side. As joy breaks forth from within you. You are breaking forth. Lift up your hand and say Lord I believe. Lord I receive. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Hallelujah. Let it be unto me according to your word. Come on. Declare. Let it be unto me according to your word. Let it be unto me 
according to your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mighty God. It shall be unto me according to your word. You are watching over your word to perform it in my life. You are watching over your word to perform it in my family. You are watching over your word. Yes, Lord. Your word is no longer going to be postponed in my life. In the name of Jesus, mighty God, we glorify you. We glorify you. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to sing a song. Come on.
you're gonna see Yehovah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a scripture, the man of God, Soro, uh, I mean, uh, told to us in Lagos about prayer. And I, I think he has a lot to share. And I, I'm, I'm like, let me just release that to you before you go. James chapter 5, verse 17. James 5, 17. We, it's a very, uh, very popular scripture. But we got a revelation from it when it comes to the ministry of prayer. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it will not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And the word earnestly is just the best way, it's an English word that can just describe the way Elijah prayed. But the original says, Elijah prayed into prayer. Young literal. Young literal say, Elijah prayed into prayer. Or Elijah pray and pray. Is it there? Elijah was a man, a man like affected as well. And with prayer, he pray. He did pray. What does that say to you when it comes to prayer or receiving something from God? It means when you pray, there's a level of prayer you pray, you have prayed, and then you begin now to pray another prayer until the hand of God is moved, until the hand of God is revealed. So when you see earnestly, you won't understand what it means to pray earnestly. You think he prayed fervently. He was shouting. He, he, the, you know when they say earnestly, me, he was doing like this earnestly. No, he prayed a level of prayer and, and then time to the supernatural prayer. Receive that anointing tonight. To pray into prayer. To pray and did pray. Uh, to pray until something happened. Receive that anointing, somebody. Say, I receive it. I receive it. Amen. Glory to God. We'll take our offering right now. Wonderful. How many people are blessed? <laughs> that is an understatement. Yes. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We give you praise. Thank you for the opportunity to give right now. As your people give, oh Father, I ask that you would receive this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hallelujah. Amen. We've come to the end of our service. I just want to acknowledge some men of God in the house. I see Pastor Brian. Come on, wave your hand there. God bless you. It's good to see you. Pastor Johnny, Pastor Anne, all the way from Wellspring Church. Come on. Pastor Theophilus, we, we appreciate you. Thank you. Amen. And Brother Emmanuel, thank you so much. Is there any other pastor in the house? Any other? Okay, we, we, we welcome you. We appreciate you. And we want to say thank you so much for coming to enjoy God's presence with us. Sorry? And the new pastors, come on. Yeah, and the new ones. And the new elders. Come on, evangelists, hallelujah, amen. We've come to the end of our service. We're here 9 o'clock in the morning, bright and early, amen. Come on, let's just, let's just say the benedictions. And, and now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have a wonderful night. God bless you. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.